This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emerus, CPA with Parmelis and Associates. So a couple weeks ago, Mike Edge from the Gaining Traction podcast invited me to come on his podcast and talk a little bit about the numbers of tire businesses. So Mike specializes in marketing for tire shops, and obviously tires are his world. Now, I talk a lot about numbers and targets and stuff like that. And if you haven't checked out the episode I did with them, it's pretty cool, especially if you sell tires and, and maybe your targets aren't in line with every other type of shop out there because they are a little bit unique. But the biggest thing when I was having a conversation with Mike that he brought up is he said, I really don't feel like that a, a shop can truly take care of their customers completely if they do not sell tires. So that's exactly what I brought him on to talk about, get into some of the numbers of it. And then also, as we'll see, a lot of stuff that is really beyond the numbers about taking care of the customer and doing it right. Before we get into that, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to you, the listener, for being here and supporting the program, as well as our great dedicated sponsors that allow us to do this on a weekly basis. Hey, did you know Napatrax is on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Visit them online at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. If you're looking for a full-service staffing solution that does everything from sourcing, qualifying, creating job descriptions, scheduling interviews, to negotiating job offers, Promotive is your answer. Visit them online at gopromotive.com. Just wanted to welcome Mike Edge here. Mike works with Tread Partners and also is a fellow podcaster. I joined him probably about two weeks ago, I would say, on the Gain Traction podcast. You guys can't see this. This is terrible podcasting, but Mike makes it very easy for the introduction because he has all of the signs right behind him there. Mike, just want to say thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. And I enjoyed having you on the Gain Traction podcast as well. Yeah. And if you guys have not heard of it, check it out. Mike has an awesome podcast, has a ton of good guests, and I'm not just talking about myself. But Mike had me on there and we were really talking kind of the financial aspects of tires and targets. And are you really comparing yourself to a realistic target if you're a high volume tire shop compared to a specialty Euro shop and some of the intricacies of that? I told Mike that I wanted to have him on my podcast and I was kind of thinking, what would be a good topic? I kind of joke about this. Both of us are in the same world of repair shops, but Mike's world is really all tires, predominantly tire shops. And majority of my clients don't sell tires, honestly, or at least not much volume. But one of the things that Mike said that really stuck with me is I really feel that most shops or all shops should be selling tires or you're missing out on a big piece. And I butchered that, Mike, but I'll let you kind of take over there and and pick up on what we were talking about there before. It's a healthy discussion because I went to the ASTE show this last fall and I got a lot out of it and it's all for repair shops. And, but they invited a guy named Darren McClay to come and speak. And I had known Darren before he, he came to the show. So I was still interested in going to his little seminar, little conference up, you know, where you go to the different rooms and you pick which topic you want to listen to. And Darren basically says, and I'm going to quote him here because I took notes here, but is, is selling tires really about selling tires? And he said, no, selling tires is about creating long-lasting, loyal customer relationships that allow you to service a customer's vehicle for the coming three to five years. And he, he was kind of like, what do I mean by that? He said, well, when, when you sell tires, you give away a free rotation. And you give away that free rotation because 
they need the rotation every every other time they get their old change. So if they're coming back for an old change, you're keeping count for them. Then the, every other one, you're you're changing or rotating those tires, and they need that. And he said, but you're doing it for free. So and more than likely, you know, if your old change is reasonable, it's going to be within the price threshold of everybody else's. So it's not going. So the incentive is, yeah, come back and let the guy that tires on. But then there's there's that other aspect that, and me and you talked about this before, uh, that if I'm going to a shop outside of like major engine repair or transmission repair, I kind of want that shop to do everything. I really don't want to drive off. I mean, I don't want to somebody tell me, well, you, you actually need new tires and we don't supply them. Yeah. And good luck, right? Go to Costco, do something. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is I, uh, I trust my tire guy because I usually go to somebody I know. I'm kind of the guy. I've been around tires for a long time now. I'm not brand loyal. I am quality loyal and I'm price loyal. So I'm looking for that tier three tire that's made right off the same factory line as the Goodyear's, et cetera, or the Michelin's. I want that third tier pricing because they're not marketing it. The only way it's marketed is through the customer service or counter sales reps at the tire shops. And those guys, they know the good ones. And they'll flat out say, look, I put this one on. And when they say this, I, I, I trust them. They say, look, I put this on my kid's car. This is what I have on it. Look at what the shop owner's putting on his vehicle. He's not going to have Pirelli's on there. Exactly. Or they'll say, I put this on my wife's car. Perfect. That's what I wanted to know. And right, and I don't notice a difference between, you know, the tier one and this tier three, except for the price I paid. And, and that's kind of where tires have gotten. And a lot of these guys are making, a lot of the tire shops now are making a lot of money in these tier three tires. And then they're offering, you know, the typical service for brakes, alignment, and all that other stuff and minor car repairs, things like that. But tires picked up on this real well when we talked on my podcast. It's about time to get tires in and to change tires. It's a pretty fast process. So when you think about your ROI on your time, it's good money. Now, are the margins great on tires? No, but for your time, it's, it's really good. And you, you set that up to your, the way you structure your bays. For a bigger shop, it's a lot easier. There's a lot more excess space. You probably have a general service. You have a tire monkey in there that you could say, hey, I pay this kid $15 an hour and I could have him swapping tires all day. The big concern that I think a lot of people has is just capacity limitation or physical space. If you are that three bay shop, three technicians on it and A or B technicians, what would you say to the shop owner that's like, well, Mike, you know, does it really make sense for me to have my A technician on tires? Or how do you make that work when you're just maybe not a big enough shop to be able to have specialized people doing the repair work, but then not touching the tire work and vice versa? I think that's a balance that you, you every shop's got to figure out. But when you say the word space, I immediately think about storing tires. And there's databases out there that allow you to, all your distributors know what the most popular tire is in each area, you know, size-wise. So they can tell you what to stock in the limited space that you have. And then if you don't have it, you always have a lot of these guys. And depending on what market you're in, if you're in a major metropolitan area, you can call in the morning and get a tire in the afternoon. Now, if you're in a rural market similar to mine, you get the next day. And that's okay. For the customer, well, in their mind, my tire issue is going to be taken care of. I didn't have to go somewhere else. Because more than likely, if a shop doesn't have a tire size, I mean, you could run in the same problem at another shop too. So, I mean, it's, it's so if you've got a guy that's already said, Hey, I just, you know, I just, uh, fixed your alignment or I just did this, this and this, but you do need two new tires or whatever. Okay. Well, when can I get them? I have them here in the morning. Well, okay. I'll just go ahead and do that because it's all in the, in, in the consumer's mind, or at least in mine, it's still one transaction. I know I don't really want to bring my car back and I may not have to. Sometimes I've, I've been in this situation. I just say, 
we'll just keep it till tomorrow morning. I'll just. Yeah. Like, I'll just come get it tomorrow. I'll f- Correct. Is that where you guys going with that question about space too? Yeah. I mean, but you know, I guess the other thing is we're talking about is, you know, everyone's concerned about making sure that they're making the proper margins and stuff like that. And the margins on a kid making 15 bucks an hour, swapping that tire a little bit better than our A technician making $45 an hour flat. What would you say for someone of like, I would rather my repair or my A tech be doing great repair work and not swapping out tires? Or do you think that that's short-sighted? I definitely feel like it's short-sighted because if you want to have that long-term flow, those types of repairs, it works. I've seen this. I mean, I've seen it personally. It works better if you've got some percentage of tires being sold in your shop. The owner of Tread Partners, he used to own two shops. And he said, the biggest mistake I made was we had, I think he was at like 30, 35% tire and the rest in service. And he said, I let my tire business slide down to about 18% of my total overall gross revenue. And he said, I made a major mistake there. And he said, it's much harder to build tire business than it is to lose it, obviously. And so he said, I wish I would have kept it and kept nurturing it. Because I did notice a difference in the way our shop operated and who we were to the public, et cetera. And it did affect my business. He goes, but I was going for the bigger margin stuff, right? I was looking for that. Looking for that home run. Yeah, we were making big money. Our average ticket was high. We're all in service and everything. He said, but I made a mistake in letting my tire business slide. He said, you've got to figure out a way with one or two bays that that's, that's the channel for it. And that's where the tires, that's where you're changing tires and that, and you got a set of people that's, that's on that because it brings your good work in and it doesn't allow people to slip away because that relationship, they have a relationship with that tire. Everybody's concerned about their tire, especially when you get out there in the water or the, the rain and you feel that first time you, you know, you haven't done it in a while and you feel that, dang, I just hydroplaned there a little bit or you when know, you get a little nervous. Or you you can kind of feel it in in bad weather, other bad weather, like say snow, climate, et cetera. And at least I have. And that's when you're like, ah, oh, crap. And and then you, maybe I'm driving my wife's car and I realize I need to check the tires. I haven't checked them in a while or whatever. And I'd really, I just want to go to the same guy. I just The guy I trust fixing my car, I'd rather him be the guy that puts my tires on. Yeah, I think you actually hit the nail on the head of a really cool aspect there too, right? Is when people bring their vehicles in, they are not generally bringing it in for a leaking valve cover, unless it's burning off of the exhaust manifold. They're not usually bringing something in unless they can feel it. And the big thing that you said there is, what is the easiest thing? We're in the wintertime. Go out there and your tires are perfectly fine on dry roads, but you know, 30 degrees, a little bit slick out, pretty quickly realize, hey, these are kind of old. That's your cue to say, I need to take my car to the shop. But if you know that your guy doesn't do tires, you're taking your wife's vehicle into the tire shop and magically they're like, well, she also needs brakes. She also needs shocks and stuff like that. And so you're missing that opportunity altogether by saying, well, hey, I'm not even going to go to Mike because I know that he does not do tires. That's fine. But now I got something else. But one of the other things that you said there too is maybe that's not about profit. It's not about profit on this specific job. This is about the customer experience. And I think that really nowadays, that's a big thing that people are trying to make, you know, they're really trying to fine tune. We live in a, I want this in my hand. I want this easy. How do I make this easier for customers to do business with me? And this is exactly what it is. One-stop shop. I mean, how many people out there do state inspections where they have an A technician doing the state inspection? You are making much, 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 much less money off that state inspection than you are a set of four tires. But what do people say? Well, if I don't do the state inspections, they're going to go somewhere else for the state inspections. 
when I start thinking about this more, I was, this is really the same idea. You don't really need the space. Most people out there, you do not need to stock tires. If you start selling enough of them or you have consistent sizes on them, yeah, I mean, there's probably four or five where you could stock those and be pretty good for most vehicles. But even just the aspect of why would you ever say we can't do something? Why would you ever automatically disqualify you? You still at some point could say, that's weird. That's a strange tire. We don't want to do that. Tires is it's an obvious connection to the car. You see them. People get it if you don't do major engine repair. They kind of get frustrated that you don't hold the tire or you're not going to be able to get them a tire when they need a tire while they're in there getting something else fixed. I, I like the way you looked at it. Too. I mean, the tire is the way I got to you in the first place. If you don't allow me to buy tires from you, then you don't get the additional work that I may have needed that they discover when the car goes up on the rack. I mean, and so you missed out on all those extra little repairs that I needed because like you said, I was out in the snow and noticed, hey, my tires don't feel good here. I feel like I got the grip that I needed or then I take a look at them and realize, you know, it's been a while. I need to get these things changed. Basically, I think as a dad, I'm always concerned about my wife's car more than mine. And I'm always concerned more about my kid's car than mine. I mean, I just, it's just, just the way it is. If you're like me and you have several kids and they drive, then you're going to have, you know, three, four, five cars in the, the driveway at any given time. You got a little mini fleet and you got to take care of them. And I don't need to invest time trying to figure out where I got to go take my car to for this reason or that reason. I just want the one guy to take care of it all. Well, then also, you know, think about this of like, even if there is a cost to some of this stuff, how much in marketing are you spending to try to bring that person in? Let's say that you're 15 miles away from your client and in between you and your client is the tire shop. If they go to the tire shop, they have a good experience there. What are the chances they're going to continue to drive past that for the regular work or just say, you know what? They did a really good job. You know what? They kind of annoyed me last time because they did that. We're opening up the idea to have that other relationship there. Now, on tires, do you see, because this is always the big school of thought on people. And when we saw tire racks of the world, the stuff like that, you know, really come into popularity, what, 15 years ago, a long time. It really changed the market because instantly people at their fingertips could get an idea of tires and they could literally order that for that price and have it at the shop for them to install. And I saw a lot of people racing to the bottom. Like, I'm going to try to beat these prices. I'm going to try to beat the big box stores where anyone that does tires knows you will never be able to touch these guys' prices if they're doing volume. Some of these guys are selling them at a loss on the front end to make these back-end rebates. What is the most common way that you see shops marking up tires? Someone that's not doing a ton of them, are they doing a flat percentage? Are they doing a dollar amount per tire? Do you have any kind of opinion one way or another? I think it depends like on the group or whatever they want to do. But I like a good friend of mine, the one that bought out the shop that I was telling you about, they have four bays. He loves the tire business now that he's in it. And he says, look, the way I do this, Mike, because it makes it real easy for me. I leave it up to the customer. If they want a high end tire, I still make the same dollar amount as I do on a, a tier three. And he said, I put the same dollar or profit because this is what I want to make per tire. And he said, so I don't care what tire you buy from me. I'm going to tell you and he goes, I'm very transparent about that. I don't care. I make the same on if you buy my high end tire or my low end tire. He said, I make the same. I know what I need to make on supplying a tire and putting it on your car. The time factor is what he looks at. He goes, I don't look at it. Well, I should make more because I'm spending more on this tire. He goes, no, because it's technically already sold. To me. I don't care. You already said you wanted it. I'm just turning dollars over. I don't care. I'm still making the dollar amount. He goes, so it makes it easy for me and I'm less 
this is what he said. He goes, I'm less inclined to have an opinion on a tire based on which one's going to pay me the most. I pay myself the same on all of them. He said, so I leave that to the customer and then they decide. And he goes, and guess what? Most customers today will take that tier three when I tell them that's what I have on my car. It's a quality tire. Haven't had any returns and you can get it for this. And they're like, well, put it on mine. So to go back to something that Darren McClay had said before, he said, buying tires is different for a consumer than getting an oil change, alternator brakes, et cetera. He goes, it's the, he goes, there is tires is the one thing on their car where they actually have a choice and feel like they are supposed to do some research and shopping around. But when a customer buys tires from you, they didn't just pick the tires. They picked you as the one they trusted for this purchase and to take care of their vehicle. So you can go back to the whole tire rack thing. And I do think that big splash in the market made people go, well, heck, I'm in control of this. I can go buy my tires and I can get them shipped there. And then I'm going to save a little money. And, and it feels like it feels righteous. Like I controlled that process. But what they find out is, yeah, but I don't get the same service or warranties or things like that. I don't get the roadside assistance. I just got a tire. That's all I got. That's all I paid for. Whereas if you buy your tire from your tire dealer, your local dealer, he's usually providing you free rotations. He's usually providing you some roadside assistance, whatever. I mean, he's putting his name behind that tire that somebody supplied him. That's a big deal. So it really makes you feel good because I like the fact that, you know, I told you we got a little mini fleet here of vehicles at my house. Well, I like the fact that I can send vehicles over to one shop and I know he's not going to nickel and dime me for fixing a flat tire. He just, he, he won't charge me at all. Why? Because I'm a long time customer. And that's the relationship that I think you get with the tires that you don't get if people aren't seeing you frequently. Tires force you, you don't need tires, but maybe every two, three years or whatever, but they force you into a relationship, people to have a relationship with you because of the aspects that go with tires, especially rotations. I think you're exactly right. Like if I come in there and have a Toyota 4Runner, you're not going to compare water pumps to me. You want this crappy one that'll run a little hot or you want this really nice one that's going to run really cool. It's, I want a water pump. You know, even most shops would argue to a certain degree, it's commodity. Like water pump is water pump. No, I mean, you've made a really cool idea, which is funny because I'm actually looking for tires for my truck. Tires are the one thing where it's like you do have a choice. Use this 4Runner for mostly driving to work. Hey, this is going to be a really good passenger tire. Oh, this is a weekend one where you go off-roading, take it on the beach or whatever. This is going to be really the best thing for you. I mean, we always talk about selling. It's a relationship. Get to know the person, what they're using the vehicle for and all that stuff. But most of the stuff, you don't really, doesn't matter. A lot of times people use that for, should I be spending this money? Should I be doing preventative maintenance? But you're probably not going to tailor what parts you put on there or how you apply those parts other than tires. That is a really cool tire, Mike. And you're going to love that down at the beach. But I'll tell you, you drive 200 miles a week for work. You are going to be miserable with those. They are so loud that it's going to jar your teeth. It's also like you feel a little bit more in control. Why? Because the manufacturers, they do advertise to us like Bridgestone. They support a lot of things. And if you're in Nashville, there's the Bridgestone Arena. So you see these big names, the Goodyear Blimp. They're advertising directly to consumers. So consumers go in and request those tires. And they make you feel really good about them. But today's tires. And I had a top tire guy tell me this. He said, I would not have told you this 20, 25 years ago, but he said, I sell tire tier three. Now I've gotten in the tier three business. And he said, there's really a minimal difference between the highest level, what you call tier one and tier three. He goes, you can't even tell me the differences as much anymore. He said, except for price. He said, so people are price conscious, but the quality of tire out there today at the tier three level, it just means they're not paying for limps in a big hanger. And repairing them and pilots and everybody else that just, they have tires 
and we network our relationships into these dealers through distributors and we make we educate our these the counter sales guys on how good a quality attire this is so that they feel comfortable about recommending it but most of them will end up putting it on their car and if they do that that's the one they're going to end up recommending to everybody that comes in plus the shop's making money, making usually more money on a tier three, I mean, as a percentage. And the customer leaves extremely satisfied because they go, geez, I didn't think I had to, I spent less than what I thought because I was looking at, let's say, Michelin's or Goodyear's or, or Bridgestone's tier ones. But then I realized I didn't have to spend that much and I've got a good quality tire and this sounds great. Like you refer to sounds, that's a big issue with, with tires. But I think I told you this before we started this. I don't have the mindset and I'm in the business and I know a lot of different brands out there, but I trust the tire guy I go to. I just say, what do you got that you know I'm interested in? Because I've had serious accident and hydroplaning before. So I always say, I want your best water tire and I want it at a reasonable price. You got one. He goes, and I've had different people tell me I got this tier one tire and their knockoff, the one that comes off the same line, it's you know 50 bucks less a tire. And he goes, and we haven't noticed a difference. And I'm like, put them on. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. You need NapaTrax because it integrates with all the major players, including Napa ProLink, PartsTech, OE RepairLink, Epicor, TireConnect, Mitchell One Pro Demand, and more. NapaTrax has leading edge tools and technology that your shop needs right now. Unlike the other guys, we'll be there after your installation with the best training and support in the business. Your training includes a learning management system that is tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. For over 30 years, NapaTrax has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the industry. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Are you tired of spending endless hours searching for the perfect talent to join your team? Promotive is your full-service automotive staffing solution. At Promotive, we believe in being more than just a recruiting agency. We become an extension of your team, working tirelessly to ensure we place the right talent with the right shops. With our always-be-recruiting mindset, we're constantly seeking out the best professionals in the industry. We manage 90-95% to of the recruiting process, taking the burden off your shoulders. When you partner with Promotive, you gain a dedicated recruiter and account manager who will work closely with you, understanding your unique requirements and seeking out candidates who fit seamlessly into your shop's culture. We'll ensure that every candidate we present is thoroughly vetted and aligned with your needs. With Promotive, you'll have a peace of mind knowing that we're handling the recruitment process with expertise and precision. We don't just match resumes, we match character, culture, and long-term success. Visit our website at gopromotive.com today and experience the power of Promotive's expertise and dedication. Together, we'll build a stronger and more successful team. We all know that the tire technology is ever-changing. The RE71 that you bought three years ago is a completely different formulation than it is now, and you got all kinds of weird stuff, especially you get into the performance world of like, yeah, that's a 200 tread wear. That one will last you about 1,000 miles versus this other one will last you much more. So much of it, if you go to Tire Rack, 
when you look at the reviews, all the reviews are not how did it look, how did it get mounted? Hey, these are after 20, 30,000 miles because that's the type of experience people really want. That's a really cool tire, Mike, but if that thing's going to last me 60,000 miles versus if that thing's going to last me 10,000, that is a major deciding factor in weighing that. Do you want something that's going to last you a long time? You're driving 600 horsepower Jeep or Hellcat. You do not want that tire on there. Like this is going to be terrifying as soon as you hit water with that much power. But also, I think you said another thing there earlier, too, of, yeah, you do think that tires is kind of a less frequent relationship, but you factor in the other stuff. Hey, the rotation of the tires, the tire patching. Oh, can you take a look at this that has a bubble on the side? You're able to actually be a one-stop shop for that person when they have truly any concerns because, like you said, we already know that we're losing out on that tire sale. Maybe you guys do rotations, maybe don't. I guarantee you that if you do do patches and you don't sell tires that your customers don't know that they're going to go back to the person that they bought. And also if you have a road service, then it's like, well, why would I go back to someone's shop that I know I'm going to have to pay out of pocket road service? I can go back to these guys and do it for free. And that's it. And one of the things that Darren said to us, uh, employees need to understand why we are selling tires. He said, it's not about the profit today. It's about the profit we are going to capture going forward. You just nailed it because it comes back to just having that relationship with the customer because of that tire. And you're going to have more of a relationship because guess what? You're going to get a flat tire one day or your kids are, or your wife is, or you're going to have some type of roadside assistance needed because of the tire, whatever. There's just all kinds of things that happen. And it's just called life. And you want to be that one stop. I think you want to be that one stop shop. I think the most successful shops that we do marketing campaigns for are the ones that are close to 50-50 in, in their revenue. 60-40 on the service side, 60 service, 40, even 70 service, 30 tire. That's fine. But you got to have a decent amount of percentage that's bringing it in on the tire side because it's fueling you on the service side. But the other thing he brought up too, how do you beat these guys in the big boxes? I can tell you, I gave Walmart a shot and I hated my experience there. I think Walmart's great at a lot of things, but man, it wasn't tires. And I didn't feel good about it. I didn't even feel good about driving off with those tires. It just didn't feel like it was service company or the local guy that I could go back to and say, hey, I got a problem here or whatever. It's just too sterile of a relationship. But when I go to the shop, meaning the service shop that supplies me tires as well, it's just more of a relationship. I'm a relationship-oriented guy, so I don't care that I had 10 more bucks a tire. It doesn't bother me. You're paying for professionalism. The whole reason that you're at this shop, not a big box for all of your stuff. Like, you could go to Pep Boys, you could go to Firestone, and a lot of people that would be as customers, they would laugh. Well, I would never go there because I know you guys are more expensive, but you guys always treat me right. It's a good environment. I feel like that you guys understand, you listen to me, and I really value your opinion. But now we're kind of saying, well, we're going to force you to deal with these people to go do tires because we think that all you care about is price. Like, again, just like they could do the wheel bearings just like you could on it. Much rather have you guys do it than Walmart. It's the same thing for the tires. Don't do it. I'd rather do it than someone else. But now we're making that decision. Another thing here is the opportunity cost. How much money do people spend on marketing and advertising to get people in the door or even to their existing customers? How much are you spending to get your customers to come back and visit you one more time each year? Where if you look at it and you're worried about making 15% on tires or I'm only making this much on tires, look at that for free. It's free advertising. Worst case scenario, you end up breaking even on that tire job just guarantee that you're going to see that person at least probably once every 24 months. It's probably even more than that. 
So if I was a marketing company, I went out to you and I said, I guarantee you that you're going to see every customer at least a half more time every single year for free. People be like, well, where's the catch? And so I think kind of changing the overall mindset, and this is, you can even hear it in my voice. I come from a different world and always looked at tires as you do it or not. But looking at it just from a profit standpoint is kind of short-sighted. This is building a well-rounded business because everyone talks about leakage. Well, how much are we losing? How many new customers do we need to get just from people moving out, doing whatever? If you can kind of limit the way that people leave, really people leave for three reasons. They either move, die, don't have a vehicle, get too old on it, mess something where they are forced to go somewhere else, or something else comes into their ecosystem. You don't do smog, you don't do inspection, you don't do tires, but now they have a good relationship somewhere else. If you are giving them good customer service, if you're giving them good value and you're doing everything there, I'm a little bit annoyed by what you're doing you probably are going to get one or two more shots because they don't have any other relationships. They do have something they're like, I've always kind of tried, thought about giving my tire guy a shot, but they kind of just messed me up or they messed up. They kind of took care of it. I just don't really feel right. And we lost that customer. This is all about customer retention. This is all about marketing. Everyone is trying to spend all this money on the witchcraft that it is marketing and bringing customers in the door. At the same time, we're offloading some. I love it. As an accountant, uh, that's a great way of thinking of it, right? Because I don't want to lose that customer. I'm going to supply the tire. And at the end of the day, it's up to me as the shop operator to figure out how to make a smooth transition into carrying tires, supplying them and making the customer feel great about it because I want him to come to me for those questions. And I don't want him because he bought his tires somewhere else and he goes and gets that rotation. And then they notice that he needs some type of minor work or whatever it may be, bearing they're just going to say, can you fix that? Okay, I'll just leave it here. And I'm opening the door to lose that customer. Yeah. Well, and also, like you said before, this isn't something where you got to go out and get a C container and get $50,000 worth of tires. This is something where you don't even need to market it. Could kind of do a soft launch on this where it's like that person comes in and we do a DVI. Hey, you need tires. Want us to order some? Here are some options on it. Oh, you guys do tires? That is the perfect way. And I was going to tell you, any of these distributors, they're so eager to support you. They will teach you what you need to do, and they will also help supply you and find one that's going to support you in a customer service way. A lot of times, that's the one closest with the warehouse. Sometimes they, it's not. Sometimes those guys just assume. But most cases, the warehouse is closest to you. The uh, wholesaler closest. They don't want you buying somebody else's tires. They want you buying theirs, and they're going to support you. They'll help you kind of set this up, You know, maybe even give you an idea on pricing and and like you said, now, if you're getting into higher volume, most of those, none of those guys are really probably doing, make the same amount of money. Virtually, I would say it's the opposite for people doing what we call convenience tire, add-on services, convenience tires. I would say the most common thing that a lot of my clients do is exactly what you talked about before. We make $25 a tire. I don't care if the tire is 100 bucks or $400. We're just going to make a set dollar amount. Makes it very easy. We know we're always going to be somewhat competitive on price. And then depending on where your market is and stuff like that, 25 bucks a tire for the tire, 25 bucks mountain balance, whatever you want to do on it. Boom, right there, you got 200 bucks. Probably takes your guy an hour's worth of work. Even if you're paying that A technician $100, again, you are still making money, but you're keeping it all in the building. And we're also looking at that from an extreme example of that person's just getting tires and nothing else. Most of this stuff, especially when you first do this, it's you're already taking those tires off because you're already doing new rotors and pads anyways. So is it really that much more work to pop it off and chuck it on the tire machine? Yeah, I love it. If someone is getting into tires and they do not have the proper equipment for the tires, 
is this something where it's buy once, cry once, and buy that? I forget how much. One of my clients bought one of those Hunter touchless machines that better create the tires for how much they spent on it. I don't even know how much it was. It was a lot. Also, you know, there's used Hoffman units. Do we need a road force balancer? How much would you really be looking if you're saying in order to get into the tire game on it, realistically, you probably are going to need to spend X amount to get the equipment that you need? Yeah, I don't have an answer for the exact amount. I just heard this from a tire guy this morning because they got forced into buying a store that they were going to buy. And current owner just said, called them up and said, and these guys own like 15 stores already. But he was just telling me, he said, yeah, we were going to buy this guy out anyway. We're getting through the deal. And it was all supposed to be kind of a smooth transition. All of a sudden we get a call from him. He said, look, I'm closing down today. I'm, and we're like, what? Uh, you know, he said, so all of a sudden we've got to replace the equipment. We've got to change the brand on the door and all that stuff. He said, sons. So we're, we're in it right now. He said, it's my, one of my headaches right now. He said, but we're going to do that. Yeah. Buy once, cry once. Buy now, cry now. Or let's, yeah. He said, we, that philosophy, he said, and I buy hunter equipment. It's extraordinarily expensive, but he goes, I don't have to worry about it. I'll make my money back. And he said, and I don't have to worry about, I'm sitting here thinking to myself. I mean, I think when you buy better equipment, you're more inclined to be in the business. You decided I'm making a leap of faith here. Like we're committed to this. I just bought a $25,000 tire machine. We're going to sell tires. You buy a thousand dollar use John Bean unit or something like that. It's like the guys hate using it. The guys are going to say, not recommend the tires because they don't want to use that damn machine that you have to you tap twice on the top, turn off this brake. Yeah. It breaks down, something's wrong. Then you're like, ah, well, we can't do tires for a couple of weeks, whatever. I mean, just invest, decide you're going to do it. Because look, I haven't seen anybody that does both really suffer. It, it only, they, both sides enhance tires and service. They, they just help each other. They were running buddies. I mean, they don't, and you want that buddy in the business with you because both of them run side by side and they support each other. And it's just a months. And I think you're a hundred percent on that. If you are going to choose to do tires, should choose to do tires and invest accordingly. Like the same thing with the guys with alignment rack is, is there other options out there for alignment racks? What is the number one C thing I see shops do? Hunter alignment rack. Ever I ask them about that, I say, is it better? Is it nicer? No. Yeah, but it's not just that. They all still do alignments. Do not get it wrong. But the guys like using this one more, it's easier. Never have to mess with it. It's a well-built machine and it's just something I don't have to think about. And again, you could be short-sighted. You could say, I'm a nickel and dime. I like to be cheap here. Any shop owner listening to this, think about how many times you tried to cheap out on a piece of equipment. Did it end up working out in the long run? Or you said, before I use this one, I thought that that was a ripoff. And then I went and used it and it's like, it just works. I mean, going to a tire shop, you're in, they're not going to have brand new equipment in there. Most of that stuff is going to be very old because they spent good money on it. I spent 15 grand. This is going to last me for 15 years. So is that $5,000 unit really cheaper? That's only going to last me three? Probably not. And also, like you said before, time is money. If you have a broken tire machine, you have no tire machine. Now, if someone wanted to learn more about the tire world, I do not think that there is a better place that they could go than to listen to your podcast. So, you know, before we get out of here, I want to get, let you have some time to do a quick shout out to Tread Partners and Gain Traction Podcast and kind of let the listeners know what they could hear and learn from you. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. So Tread Partners is a marketing company, primarily digital, and we help tire shops sell more tires and service. Both run hand in hand for us. But I guess you'd say we know the angles. We're not to spend your money in marketing where we see a lot of folks do it and they just run down a lot of rabbit holes. And some of them are still successful in spite of some 
bad efforts, I guess you'd say. Maybe they're making good efforts, but you're just going in the wrong direction or wasting money. We help companies spend their money better utilizing the opportunity to, you know, attract customers. Podcast, gain traction. Man, what we like to do is just network the industry. And we interview people up and down the ladder in, in the in the industry from counter sales reps to some people that started technician all the way up to presidents of tire companies. And we have a blast doing it because you just feel the whole industry. It's a way for us to just stay a center, top of mind and, and being out there. But, you know, if someone did want to reach out to me and they said, I need your appointment in the right direction, how to get in the tires, each area is going to be different in the country and you're going to have different manufacturers or, I mean, wholesalers in the area. But you're more than welcome to call me. And we know enough wholesalers that I could at least get somebody to come your way. If you hadn't, you've probably been called on too, though. I mean, some of these wholesalers have already probably reached out and tried to make contact, but just find somebody that you trust, that you like personally, that you know will show up weekly and support you, help you with your rebates, all that good stuff. But yeah, it's the tire business is a lot of fun. I enjoy the people in the industry most of all. Yeah, and that's awesome. And like you said there, you know, find someone that's going to give you that relationship. You are looking to get into tires and you are searching for the wholesale that's going to give you the cheapest price, probably doing yourself a disservice because what is going to be more likely to make you stop selling tires? Not making an extra $7 or this stupid car is now here for three days because they keep on delaying the delivery or whatever it is. And it is a whole nother world out there. And yeah, if you don't even know where to start on it, Mike's done this stuff before. He probably knows someone in the area, but also we all know the tire wholesalers. They probably already stopped by your shop because they know that you don't buy that many tires from them. And they would love nothing more than to see you buy tires. Your success is their success. You want someone that's going to be a partner with you to be able to guide your successes along the way. And uh, I was going to say, have them take you to lunch. They'll take you out to lunch. I mean, they want to build the relationship and just like one of the folks that you feel like you can deal with the most with, you end up several. You need a backup. You always have the company that's going to, if somebody's run out of something, you just got to have a backup plan. And But you got to find those guys that are going to make sure that you always get your tires. And I, when I talk to tire guys, I always ask them, who's your wholesaler? And they'll tell me and I'll say, why? And they'll say, well, if they left something off the truck, that dude will literally get in his own truck and bring it up to me that day. That way I don't have to tell the customer to come back tomorrow or I'm shuffling, trying to get it from some other wholesaler. And then he'll tell me, I've got wholesalers to say, sorry, it won't be there till tomorrow. Well, I can't wait. Customer at least today and it's not about the money. It's taking care of this customer so they get back to take care of their family. Exactly. And that's it right there. This is sometimes, even though the podcast is business by the numbers, sometimes it is beyond the numbers. If you're looking at tires and you're making the decision on it solely based on margin, gross profit per hour, you're missing the entire of what we're talking about here. Appreciate it, Mike. Absolutely. And I appreciate you having me on here and we'd like to have you back maybe at Game Traction another time. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike. Um, I know I did. And I know that there's a couple things that even on, on there I said, wow, I've never really thought about that way. And some of this stuff, just like we talk about advertising, cutting expenses, are you making the right decision based on the long term or are you making kind of short term decisions that might have a longer term effect? As always, please share this with friends. If you have any questions, comments, or want to be a guest on a future episode, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. Just want to say thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listing app. Thanks for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.